hello there. Let's talk about ways you can support your loved one through an autistic shutdown. If you have found your way to this video, I am assuming that you are an individual who has an autistic person that plays a prominent role in your life. Part of being in a relationship with or having a relationship with an autistic person is possibly having moments where your autistic loved one is experiencing a shutdown. If you need more clarification on what an autistic shutdown is explained from an autistic person herself, I suggest you watch this video right here where I go into a lot of detail about autistic shutdowns, but today's video is not to go into depth about what an autistic shutdown is, it's to talk about the proactive things that you can do when your loved one is experiencing an autistic shutdown so that you are not feeling as overwhelmed or confused when it does happen. I highly recommend that you watch this with your person, whether you're the holistic person or whether you're the autistic person. I think watching this video together will not only be very enlightening, but can also open up a much needed conversation between the two of you in order for you guys to talk through how many of my techniques sounds like it would be helpful, how you want to implement it, and in what ways do you need to adjust those certain techniques to fit your needs. Either way, I really suggest you guys to both talk these things through and both consent to what techniques you want to implement. I really don't recommend you guys to work through them in the middle of a shutdown. It's not going to work out well. Please do this beforehand. And it's safe to say that autistic shutdowns are normal. There's no need to be ashamed of it. There's no need to pray that you will never have a shutdown again. It is just part of having this disorder. The best we can do is to learn how to integrate our autism, learn how to work with it so that it's not such a scary and overwhelming experience. Autistic shutdowns will always be a part of my life for as long as I live. And likewise, it will be a part of your autistic love one's life for as long as they live. We may as well learn how to cope with it together. So the very first thing I want to establish is talk later. When your autistic loved one is going through a shutdown, their nervous system is already completely fried. They most likely are not able to, at this point, process their thoughts or even understand how to translate their emotions or their bodily sensations into words. Sometimes what this can look like, depending on each person, is a complete disassociation. Sometimes what that can look like is someone who's just crying or sobbing. But either way, there's a lack of being able to talk because there's a lack of being able to critically think. What I find is common is that people who are trying to help others a lot of the times likes to ask questions. Are you okay? What do you need from me? Do you want to do this? Do you need this? We tend to ask each other a lot of questions in order to get the other person to begin to open up about what they're going through so that we can better help them, right? And we also, to a certain extent, want the other person to express themselves and know that they are safe to do so. Although the intentions here are really good, in moments of shutdowns, asking all these questions and trying to almost push your autistic loved one to think even more, process what they're going through, can 
very easily push them over into a meltdown when they're going through their shutdown. Because what you're doing is you're ultimately pushing them away from their natural reaction of trying to calm themselves down through a shutdown into a more distressing experience of trying to process everything, remember everything, re-experience everything. I've made a video about that as well. If that's something you also want to learn about, go give that video a watch. In moments of shutdowns, the last thing you want to do is to process anything, whether that's thoughts or whether that's verbalizing your thoughts and emotions. The most important thing for you to do in moments like this is to co-regulate. I really want to emphasize here that in order to co-regulate, you yourself have to be in a good, stable baseline. And so if you are also someone who is in the moment emotionally distressed for whatever reason, I want you to understand that in that moment, the best thing for you to do is to kindly take your space away from your autistic loved one. Of course, you could quickly and concisely communicate that and just say, I need to go step off to the side or I need to have a few minutes to myself in order to regulate myself before I could come and co-regulate with you. There's no way for you to co-regulate with your loved one if you yourself are dysregulated. It will probably just push your autistic loved one into a meltdown as well because your energy of being in distress is going to transfer onto them and make it that much harder for them to regulate themselves through the shutdown. Really check in with yourself and see where you're at. If you're in a good place and you're calm, then this is a good time for you to co-regulate with your autistic loved one. So what is co-regulation? Co-regulation is when someone feeling relaxed can basically share their calm with someone experiencing intense negative emotions. It's a warm, responsive, and empathetic way to support or even coach people through hard feelings to help them regulate their nervous system. While the term was initially used in the context of parenting, co-regulation can happen between friends, partners, or other loved ones too. Co-regulation activities can help more than you think. Studies show a gentle warm touch can actually calm cardiovascular stress, spread compassion, and turn off someone's threat switch. As you co-regulate with someone, the mirror neurons in the brain are activated, and this enables the person in the deregulated state to literally mirror your calmness. While being able to self-regulate is an important skill, co-regulation is just another tool in your toolbox that you can use when self-regulation feels too hard. It's important to note that co-regulation isn't about fixing someone or invalidating them, and it can't take the place of therapy or medication. But at the same time, co-regulation is powerful. I mean, the fact that a hug can help someone breathe normally, the fact that putting on your therapist voice can help intense emotions feel less powerful, that's pretty cool. Now, co-regulation is a very physical experience. How do we translate our thoughts? Words, whether it's spoken or written down, is a direct translation and form of expression of thoughts. So if that's the case and someone is feeling physically dysregulated, how can we begin to let that person know physically that they are okay and they are in a safe place to begin to calm down? 
we can't necessarily talk words at them, right? Because words do not directly impact someone's physical state. In order to directly change and alter someone's physical state, you have to influence that and affect that through your actions. This is where co-regulation can come in. Ways that you can help co-regulate are things like holding their hand or giving them some deep pressure massages throughout their body. You could also do that by squeezing their hands, squeezing their shoulders, squeezing their arms in a calm way that you know is something that helps them feel grounded in that moment. Of course, experiment with this with your loved one beforehand because sometimes we could be sensitive to certain types of touch, see what their preferences, see what works for them so that you know exactly what sort of touch you can implement during their shutdown. Other things that you can really do is to hug them, have your chest touch, maybe let them lay their head on your chest. This in particular is extremely helpful because of many different sensory factors. It's extremely helpful for your autistic loved one to be able to hear your heartbeat and to feel the warmth of your skin. And sometimes as well, what can really help is your smell can bring a deep sense of comfort to them. I know for myself, smell is a really big thing. There's many times where I feel dysregulated, I'm going through a shutdown and Smell is one of the only things that can bring me back from a shutdown. Being able to be held by my partner and smelling his natural pheromones, smelling even just the little details of his shampoo and body wash and deodorant was able to almost lull me into a state of calm. This is why co-regulation could be so helpful because you could get them to calm down or come out of their shutdown in five minutes compared to them trying to get out of their shutdown on their own within an hour or so. Sometimes shutdowns can even last for a day or a week or longer than that. Other physical ways you could help co-regulate is things like scratching their scalp, scratching their skin, maybe petting their head, playing with their hair, you know, just these very soothing, repetitive type of physical touches. And if your autistic loved one does not want to be touched during a shutdown, whether that's every shutdown or during a particular shutdown where touch is something that they're feeling an aversion to, I would suggest you to imitate that same sort of sensory comfort, but through other items rather than yourself. For example, wrapping them in their favorite blanket could help. If they really like weighted blankets, you could put that on top of them for them. One time when I was having an autistic shutdown where I didn't want my partner to be near me or to be touching me, he actually did something super helpful and that was him wrapping me in one of my favorite fuzzy blankets and surrounding me with pillows and my favorite plushies. It's almost like he caged me into the pillows and plushies and he kind of laid it on top of me to feel like I was enclosed in that soft burrito basically. That was extremely helpful because it put enough pressure on me to feel grounded, but it also made me feel a sense of being held and cradled. I was able to get that sensation without the pressure of feeling another person constantly next to me or on top of me. Sometimes I can understand that that's too much 
As you can imagine, a lot of the tips and tricks that people learn when they're taking care of their newborn, you know, swaddling them, rocking them to sleep, things like that, are things that you can apply to help co-regulate with your autistic loved one during shutdowns. Other things you could do is start to breathe deeply alongside your autistic loved one. This works when the both of you know that that's a cue for them to try to mirror your breath and breathe along with you. Of course, this wouldn't work if you guys didn't already both agree to it beforehand. Box breath really helps, so four seconds in, four seconds out, and consistently keep doing that and have your autistic loved one just mirror back that breath. This will really help them calm their nervous system down. Other things that can help as well is that if you're in a public space or a space that may be busy or filled with other people, it could be really helpful for you to take that opportunity to guide your autistic loved one into a space that is a little bit more private and quiet. This is something that you should look out for as their loved one because during autistic shutdowns, they may not be able to verbalize to you that they need to get removed from the situation. They may not be able to even understand that that's something they need. So this is something that you can do as the person who is probably more calm in the situation and can do that critical thinking. For example, instead of asking your loved one, are you going through a shutdown? What do you need from me? You can learn to see the signs of what an autistic shutdown is so that when you start to see it happening you don't have to ask anything you could just say I'm gonna bring us to a quieter place with less people for a few minutes and that's where you could continue to do the co-regulation techniques that I just talked about with that being said I know I said multiple times to not ask questions but that doesn't necessarily mean to not talk at all yes I think you should keep talking at a minimum but I do think it's actually essential and really helpful for you to communicate through these very concise statements what you're going to do or even to provide a verbal sense of comfort. So what that means is, as I said before, you tell your partner in a really concise statement, I'm gonna bring us to a quieter place. You could also, like I said, say verbal statements of reassurance, like just breathe, you're okay, I'm here. These very easily understood statements that can help them feel grounded and reassured, but also objectively so they know what's happening. If you were to just, without saying anything, grab your autistic partner and move them into a quieter place, from their perspective, if they don't know that's your intention, this might actually freak them out even more because all they know is happening is that you're grabbing them and walking. So if they're already going through a shutdown, this might be very distressing for them. So it's helpful in moments like this to be able to say what you're doing and what your intentions are before doing it so that you're basically letting them know what to expect from you. I'm gonna move us to a quieter place. I'm gonna go get some water for you. I'll be right back. Let me go grab your favorite blanket really quick. I'm gonna rub your back, things like that. Now, the last advice I have to give is completely optional. This is just something that I think would really, really help, especially during autistic shutdowns and moments where your autistic loved one may be nonverbal, and that is to learn sign language. So this is something that my partner and I are currently doing 
in our own personal relationship because I go through moments of being nonverbal during my shutdowns in particular, but also in moments where I might be experiencing burnouts or feelings of overwhelm, I can't seem to talk. And so in moments like that, it helps for me to be able to still communicate with my partner without having to verbalize my words. If your autistic loved one just feels overwhelmed and feels like they can't seem to talk or even explain what they're going through or their thoughts, that's a really big indication that they are going through a nonverbal moment. They could try their hardest to force themselves to talk. You can try to force themselves to talk, but it's only gonna send them into a messier, more intense state of dysregulation. This is a really good moment for them to actually not talk not speak, but at the same time, this is also a really great time for them to be able to sign to you. When I'm experiencing a shutdown, I, like I said, am nonverbal. So it's been helpful for me to be able to still communicate simple sentences to say things like, I am hungry, or say things like, I'm doing okay. Thank you for checking up on me, things like that. And also in a very objective sense, doing sign language can also be a stim if you think about it. Doing all those hand movements and almost thinking about what you have to say and how that translates into a certain sign could be very grounding for your autistic loved one because you're moving your body and that could also be very calming for them in comparison to trying to get themselves to talk. Because a lot of the times talking for us can be a very emotional experience because of a lifetime of a lot of horrible, maybe even traumatic experiences that's associated to talking and socializing. So being able to just do these simple signs and move our hands and bodies could be a really great way to stim but still communicate to our loved ones. Hello, I'm learning sign. I know a little bit of sign. You have a good day. I think I know up to 50 signs at this point. So, you know, it's not a lot, but it's enough to form these very simple sentences and understand very simple sentences. I hope that if I'm consistent for another year or two, I can be able to pretty fluently sign a lot of my thoughts to my partner. But yes, thank you guys for watching this video and thank you for taking the time to learn more about how you can better show up for your autistic friend, for your autistic partner, or for your autistic family member. This is one very important step that a lot of people in our lives haven't took or are not even interested in taking. So the fact that you're taking time out of your day to learn more about how we work and how to meet our needs means so much. And I'm so thankful that I could be a part of that journey. I'm so thankful that I can have even just a little bit of a good impact on your lives. I really hope that if this video was helpful, you let me know that and send me some encouragement as well. And if this video was helpful for you, please stick around to the end and watch the video I made where I talk more in depth about what an autistic shutdown is. With that being said, I will see you guys on next week's video. Take care of each other.